Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 51, and today we are in Luke chapter 24. Now, as of this recording, it is the 24th of December, Christmas Eve, and as we go into this Eve of Christmas, we carry with us the true meaning, the true reason for the season, and in the previous session, we talked about the the death, the burial of Jesus. And today marks the reason for why we celebrate. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the, the death, the burial of Christ... It is a uniquely wonderful thing. And within the reality of the death of, of Jesus, it carries a weight and an importance. And it carries with it an effect. But something so intimately connected with the effect that Jesus had is his resurrection. Because Scripture tells us that, that we, as children of God, we died with Christ. And so we too are resurrected with Christ. So if Jesus never resurrected or rose from the dead, then... He would have been just another man who was, em was empowered to do uh, mighty deeds, who had big impact. Um, and so the resurrection is the distinguishing factor in who Jesus was and what he was able to accomplish and what he did accomplish. So this is a very important ending chapter as we complete out our series in Luke. Uh, so I want to thank you for taking the time to follow along with this podcast. Uh, if you are just stopping in, I, I welcome you. I hope that the Lord speaks to your heart through his word um, as he face faithfully does. So we will just jump right in. Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly, Two men in clothes 
that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. This is the words of Christ. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Hmm. You know, it, when you think about all that Jesus told them would would come, that that would come to pass, that would that would be at the end of his ministry and at the end of his physical or natural life. It's easy for us to see and to think, how could they be so blind? How could they be so naive and and hard of understanding? But we, myself included, on a constant basis, need reminding of those same things that God speaks to to my heart, to your heart. We need constant reminding of his promises, of what he has said and made clear to us. But we are very slow to understand and we are slow to remember. And and so we need not be too hard on the disciples and and remember that we too are slow of heart and slow of mind. Verse 13, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. 
chief priests and our rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who is going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. You know, um, it's interesting that they were kept from recognizing him. Um, Jesus knew, he felt their sadness, he felt their disappointment, but he kept himself unknown to them. As they explained to this stranger what had happened and everything that had transpired up until that point, Jesus responded to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. It was, it was right there in front of them. Just as it is right here, right there in front of us. And how we fail 
to see it. And he, Jesus, right here in front of us and how we fail to see him. I pray that that we are not foolish, that we are not slow to believe everything that has been spoken. And I pray that as we encounter him, that he begins in the beginning and throughout the story to explain to us each personally what scriptures say concerning him. I pray that each one of us have a personal encounter with the word of God to discover in it him. In verse 28, it said, as they approached the village to where they were headed, remember it was a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem. It's fascinating. Seven. The significance of seven. But they were approaching the village to where they were going. And Jesus... He continued on as though he was going to keep going. What was he doing there? He was, I think he was testing them to see what would they do. Would they be hospitable? Remember, they did not know who he was yet. It was still hidden from them. But Jesus went on as though he was going farther. I believe to see, would you extend hospitality? Would you consider another over yourself? I mean, this is the epitome of what Jesus did. He considered others over himself, who by all rights and measures and, and birthright should have been exalted to the highest of highs. Instead, he humbled himself as a servant. And so they were given an opportunity to host him. Would they faithfully steward it? Or would they let that moment slip by? How how often is this the question that we face, the scenario that we come across Will we faithfully steward the opportunity to host him? To host Jesus. And they passed. They passed the test. They urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he made his home with them. You could even say he tabernacled with them. This is 
This is him abiding with them. These two who were foolish and slow of heart to believe everything that Moses and the prophets had said. God Most High, Emmanuel, God with us, he tabernacled with these two foolish and slow of heart. So too does he, in love and tenderness, tabernacle with those who will receive him, who will lay aside their own pride, their own arrogance, their own agenda, inconvenience themselves, and say, stay with me. What a sweet picture, what a sweet reality it is. And notice in verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. That is a reoccurring image. And it's interesting to me that then, once that transpired, and they took of the bread, they their eyes were opened. Remember when Jesus when Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish for the multitudes, he did that on two occasions. He gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it. Surely these two had a moment of deja vu, of this feels familiar to me, and when they took of it, they were given sight. And they recognized him, but then immediately, interestingly, he disappeared from their sight. Verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Were not our hearts burning within us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Now remember, the day was done. Night was quickly approaching them. Remember, it was a seven-mile journey back to Jerusalem from where they were. But they, they had encountered the risen Lord, and it was too good for them to wait it was too it was something too special that they had to share so they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem walking in the dark to get back to where everyone was was to share this good news no doubt walking themselves internally full of light, beaming with expectation, radiating with joy and happiness at the reality that the one they hoped would be the one was actually the one. Death did not hold him to the grave. He was greater than death, more powerful than the grave.
Hmm. What a wonderful reality. What a wonderful reality. It says, they, there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. When he broke the bread. Remember, Jesus is the bread of life. His body broken. His body. Remember when he, at the Passover, and he took the bread and he broke it and he said, take this in remembrance of me. He is life. He is nourishment. He is all things to all people. Will we recognize him? I pray that you and I have eyes to see him for who he is. And that is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father, the only way to God is through the only begotten Son, through Jesus Christ. Verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. Remember, his hands and feet were pierced. Verse 41. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. What a holy moment. What a holy meal that was. I'm sure you could hear a pin drop in the room with smiles on every face. In wild-eyed wonder and fascination at what was happening in their presence. Verse 44, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you, with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. 
the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead and on, on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Mm. The abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. You see, before, when, it, when Jesus was present with him, why is the Holy Spirit so important? Before the Holy Spirit, when Jesus tells them, you stay put until you are clothed. There was an exchange that had to be made when the Holy Spirit was given out to, to be an, an abiding presence in, in and on each and every believer. You see, Jesus was flesh and blood, never stopped being God, but flesh and blood that lived within the parameters of flesh and blood. There was only one body of Christ. One Jesus, one man. And because of because he functioned within the parameters of what he created, the earthly limitations, Jesus said to his disciples previously, it is good, it is better that I go, because if I go, then, then the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, can come. And so that Spirit poured out onto each and into each believer. Verse 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. What excitement, what pandemonium that his followers got to experience with the, going from such a tragedy, such a heartbreak disappointment to the reality of the risen Christ. He was the one they hoped he would be. But their slowness of heart became a stumbling block to them. But he appeared undeniably without question, showed himself to his followers. Now, this, there is a continuation of Luke's writing in the book of Acts. I encourage you to, to maybe jump to the book of Acts. Uh, Luke writes that in addition. And he it's kind of a part two to Luke because Jesus does stay and appears with his disciples and he shows himself to many people 
for a period of time before he is taken up. But as we have journeyed through the book of Luke, ultimately culminating into the resurrection of Jesus from his death, we each are faced with the decision of what do we do with this man, God himself, called Jesus? What do we do? If you feel that you're, 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 you're feeling a tug in your heart, that, you know, there is something to this Jesus, and I want to make him mine. I want to receive him into my life. I want to surrender the throne of my heart and allow him, Christ, to preside over it, to sit on the throne. And as we allow Jesus to be the leader of our life, and we surrender ourselves, believing. It, it, it's written in the scripture, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And it almost on the surface just sounds too easy and too good to be true. But we oftentimes make it too complicated. It's more than, it, it, it's more than just repeating of words. The story of Christ is told us clearly and in multiple ways throughout the Gospels. But we face a decision of what do we do with this man called Jesus. In a culture, in a society's different places of where we say there's multiple ways to the same destination, Jesus took that and ripped that apart because he said, I am the way. No one can get to God except through me. When he hung on the cross and took the, the weight and the punishment of all of humanity's sin upon himself, he himself became sin so that in him we can find eternal life. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So I would just invite you, if you feel him drawing you, surrender your heart, surrender your life in service and obedience to Jesus Christ. Get to know him through his word and through fellowshipping with other believers. It is then, it is in connection with others that we understand and get to experience serving. So if, if you feel the tug on your heart, to surrender your life to Jesus and you acknowledge that you want to allow his 
perfect leadership over your life and you believe that he was who he said he was, that he died, that he rose again, and that his life now opens the way for you to experience life, then you can have confidence and assurance that you are brought into the family of God. Now begins the journey of knowing and discovering who he is. Because salvation is not just about a destination. It's not about ending up in an eternal place called heaven. It's about knowing the Father and the Son. And so I encourage you to explore who Jesus is. Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Read John. Get to know who Jesus is. And through prayer, through the Word of God, the Bible, through speaking and listening to God, you can begin the journey of knowing Him in intimacy and nearness. Because until you discover Him in intimacy, it'll just feel like a set of do's and don'ts. So, I invite you to know Him in intimacy, nearness, and realness. So, I thank you for going on this journey with me as we've went through these 24 chapters of Luke. I pray that this blessed you, and I pray that God uses it and multiplies it, that there is a massive harvest of souls, that people are brought into the kingdom of God through the through the reality of the truth of God's word and the experience, through the experience of the Holy Spirit encountering each hearer, that eyes would be opened, hearts would be brought to life through the reality of God's word. So I thank you and I bless you. Until next time, God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for